Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium with your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Hi, this is Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Welcome to Parent Pump Radio. We're so excited to pump up your parenting skills, pump up your knowledge, and pump up your energy. Our show today is sponsored by missionsradio.org. Missionsradio.org believes all of us have a mission, an assignment, a destiny in this life to carry out a very important cause. So go to missions, with an S, radio.org, donate to help their cause, and take a listen to all the radio shows they have to offer. Now, you may have noticed we've done a slight shift on our show, and we're really excited about it. We want you as a listener to help us develop the show. So please send us your comments, what you're struggling with, some potential topics, and any suggestion and feedback. And if you are an expert please contact us. We'd love to hear what you would like to share to our listener. Today, our show is about our family's diet, the food choices that we make and how it reflects on our children and what we can do as parents to help guide our children down the best nutritional path for a lifetime. And we have the perfect guest for that subject. She is a pediatrician an international best-selling author and speaker on holistic health and wellness and integrative health. She received her medical degree from Wayne State University in Detroit and completed a pediatric residency at Children's Hospital of Michigan. And she also completed the International College of Bioenergetic Medicine and is certified in clinical homeopathy and practical applied nutrition. So ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Dr. Pamela Middleton or better known as Dr. Pam. Thank you for being here, Dr. Pam. Thanks for having me. If you would like access to little known health and healing secrets, visit my doctor, that's Dr. Pam. So my com, and you can get access to little-known health and healing secrets. So, Dr. Pam, I know that you have a private practice in Newport Beach. Can you tell us more about your specialty, which is integrative pediatrics? Yes, integrative pediatrics is a combination of traditional pediatrics and alternative or holistic modalities. So, basically, I look at it as taking the best of both worlds because there's times when you're going to need traditional medicine and there are times when you can use more holistic modalities. So I look at each of my patients individually and figure out what's the best treatment option for them. How long have you been in practice in Newport Beach? I've been in practice in Newport Beach now for about 11 years. So you've seen a lot of kids going through. I know you also speak at colleges and youth groups and uh, sororities and fraternities. It's good segue because I feel like our youth are being advertised to so much about food and maybe even the wrong food. So what's the relationship between the advertising and purchasing habits and how it's affecting our kids? Advertisers do a good job of making you think that their food's healthy. 
And so what's happening is based on the advertising, you have a lot of parents who are buying products that are really not healthy, that they think are healthy, and they don't realize it. And, you know, unless they actually consult with someone who knows better. And unfortunately, what I found is sometimes, even when you're dealing with certain nutritionists or dietitians, they are kind of using the old pyramid, so to speak. And that does not work for a lot of people because a lot of people have food sensitivities. So they can't have a lot of things that are on the pyramid. So you really have to look at people individually and see what's best for them. So what I see with the advertising is instead of people really eating real whole live foods, you still have a lot of processed foods that are being consumed and people are thinking that this processed food is healthy. Yeah, I totally agree with you about that. What I tell people is it's advertised on TV. It's most likely probably not good for you because you don't see them advertising broccoli. Right. They don't make any money if they <laughs> sell that's broccoli. True. <laughs> no, that's true. I actually, um, I tend to pick on McDonald's. Yep. I, I admit I pick on McDonald's a lot, but I feel like McDonald's did an excellent job with advertising. And I mean, when you talk about fast foods, people kind of think McDonald's. Yeah. And McDonald's has tried to kind of change their branding recently. And they try to make it seem like their food is healthier, that you have healthier options, but it's still somewhat processed. And one of the things that I personally learned, I'm currently doing a little experiment I'm on my third month now where I went out and I bought a McDonald's Happy Meal and I put it in a mason jar and then I took a banana and I put that in a separate mason jar to use as my control. I also put the apples that came with the Happy Meal Uh in with my banana. Now that I'm on month three, the banana has basically disintegrated. The bag of app has expanded with gas. The hamburger and french fries basically look like if you just heat it up, you can still eat it. And it's been three months. Wow. When you're eating real food, obviously your body won't have to work as hard because if you have something that's really hard to break down, your body has to work really hard. And sometimes you will end up with problems with digestion because of that. And I read somewhere that digestion is a big cause of other diseases. Is that true? Yes, because basically everything is based on your nutrition because your immune system is located in your gut. If you don't have a healthy gut, you don't have a healthy immune system and you will have the tendency to get sick more often or be in a state of dis-ease. You know, I hear a lot about probiotics mm-hmm. because it helps the intestinal system. Can you explain that a little bit? Yes. Well, what probiotics do, like everybody's familiar with antibiotics, you know, yeah. antibiotics go in and they destroy everything, good and bad. What probiotics do is it replenishes flora that maybe you lost from antibiotics, or maybe you never had based on genetics that you didn't inherit good gut flora. There are a variety of reasons that people don't have adequate gut flora. So that's where the probiotics have really come in handy. Some people who have what I call a gut dysbiosis, those are generally 
especially when we talk about children, a lot of the children who are, say, on the autism spectrum, they tend to have a gut dysbiosis. So those children may actually be on probiotics the rest of their lives. But many of us don't need it for the rest of our lives. We may need it for a certain period of time, like right after taking or right during taking antibiotics. How do I know when my children needs probiotic? What's the symptom or the signs? It's all based on the poops. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we're on everything, the Dr. Oz show. <laughs> yeah, everything's based on poop. Okay. If your child is pooping daily, comfortably, then everything is probably flowing well. When you start having problems where either you're getting constipated, let me digress a minute, constipation. I need to explain that because there are different definitions of constipation. Obviously, we want to go every day. Sometimes we don't go every day. So if I have a patient who is going, say, every other day or every two days, but the stool is soft, then that's okay. I mean, I'd rather them go every day, but if they have soft stools and it's only every two or three days, that's still okay. What's not okay is if you have little hard rabbit pellets. You can be going three times a day with hard rabbit pellets. That is not good. So you want to look at how often you're going, but you also want to look at the consistency. So you really... Our stool habit should be that we go in and it comes out, as one of my colleagues said, like grease lightning, <laughs> in and out. Okay. You know, no needing to sit in the bathroom with a book, okay. in and out. That's your healthy stool. So if you see that that's not the case, that's how you know that your child might need a probiotic. And for most people, they know because you have your stools generally are doing one thing and all of a sudden they start to change. Thank you. That's really good advice. So what advice would you give parents about getting their children to eat nutritious food? Because I know a lot of parents who struggle with this. We send our kids to school and they have these lunches, which are not healthy. I don't even know where to start with that, but getting them back on the right nutrition food, how can we do that? Now, there are two ways. It depends on the age range that we're talking about. So let's talk about Um, the tween like okay. so I say 10 years old, right, where mm-hmm. they're having, they can make their choices now. Right. And to the teenage years, these are kids who are now old enough to make their own choices. So they need to understand the importance of eating healthy. And some of this, unfortunately, it starts much earlier than that. Yeah. So if you have a child who has been introduced to junk foods or they were made to believe that that was great, that's going to continue on. If you have a child who's raised eating healthy and they understand what it is, they may veer off course for a little while, but it's easier to get them back on course because they know better. So what you want to do with your children is not be so strict as to make them think that okay, you can't have anything that's not totally healthy or you want to have them do things in moderation. And I like to tell people, follow the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, eat things that are healthy and nourishing to your body. And then 20% of the time, you can have fun. That way, you don't feel like you're um, missing out on anything, per se. And so that's one good thing to do with your children is 
educate them that way that what they eat is really important for their health. And a lot of times, like you're saying, the age range, the tweens, they are invincible. Mm-hmm. They think that oh, nothing bad is ever going to happen to them. But it's a matter of just explaining to them that the things that you're doing now can impact you later in life. And one of the things that I will educate that age range about, because sometimes I will have children who are overweight or actually obese, and they are starting to have blood sugar imbalancing issues. And if I can show them things like if your child is overweight and you look at the back of their neck and they have this dark area, it's called acanthosis nigricans. It doesn't mean that their neck is dirty. That's what it kind of looks like. But that's an indication of a blood sugar imbalancing problem. And this is actually a precursor to diabetes. So a lot of times when you can explain something like that, all of a sudden eyes pop open, kids sit up and they take note because it's like, do you really want to develop diabetes? Do you want to have to stick yourself with a needle every day to test your blood sugars? The answer to that is generally no. No. (laughs) (laughs) So then they're willing to maybe do something. At that yeah. point. I think obesity is a, definitely a topic, but I also know that there are kids out there who aren't obese that are eating way too much sugar, way yes. too much fatty food and food that aren't good for them. Right. And you can't tell just by looking at their body type because they are skinny, especially the tween and the teen years. They're so active that they almost burn that off, but it's still going through their systems. These children are basically addicted to sugar because we know mm-hmm. sugar is so addictive. Can you right. talk about that, how that's affecting their body and what we can do? Oh, yes. And first of all, to, un- to have that understanding about sugar being addictive because when you don't look at it that way it sounds easy to say just decrease the sugar but saying that is like telling a crack addict just decrease how much crack you're doing a day (laughs) that's a good you know it's really not gonna happen and I've had parents who've been so frustrated because they're like well I try to get them to decrease what they're eating and when I look they've eaten the whole box of whatever and what I say to them is Yes, because it's in the house. So sometimes to get your child not to eat certain things, it can't be in the house. It has to become more difficult for them to get it. Now, obviously, they're in an age where they probably have their own money. Mm-hmm. They can go to the store and get things. But if it's not easy access, so if they have to go to the store to buy their junk foods, they're much more likely to eat it less than if they can just sit in the house and have access to it. So that's one of the ways is to keep healthier foods in the house. And you can teach them that, hey, we can have fun stuff, but let's have the fun stuff when we go out. So when we're home, we're going to eat the healthy stuff. It's another easier way of following the 80-20 rule. Now, of course, in doing that, that means that you have to eat home most of the time also. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Eat out. yeah, you made that analogy about sugar to crack and you, know, you can't just do less crack. So right. in the same analogy, how can you really get children off of sugar if you're just saying reduce it? Yes. Yeah, so a lot of times with sugar, you really have to go cold turkey with it. What that means is that's like the the really processed foods. There's sugar and just about everything. It's almost impossible to 
totally eliminate sugar, but what you can do is you can eliminate your more processed sugar. So your processed foods that you know have a lot of sugar in them, like your cookies, cakes, pies, things like that, dessert foods, candies, juices. That's actually a big one, fruit juices. People think because someone, something is 100% fruit juice, then it's healthy, but that is very sweet. Have you tasted 100% apple juice lately? It is extremely sweet. So you really have to get away and educate yourself about what's really high in sugar. I mean, this sugar even in your salad dressings. So a lot of times you can do things like stop making your own salad dressing. So a lot of the things that normally contain sugar, you just start to switch over and you add extra things. And I guess that's one of the keys. Our brains work in a certain way. When we take something away, our brains try to replace it. So it's better to add something first. Then there's no more room for that other stuff. So if you're a teenager is eating a lot of processed foods, empty calories, start having them eat real live filling foods. Once they're eating that, they don't have the room for the other stuff. And then they can start to eliminate it. So that's actually a better way of approaching it than just saying, okay, we're going to totally eliminate. You still might have to do the cold turkey thing. Once you get all the other healthier foods on board, then you can just say eliminating at that point. But you kind of want to add things in first. Okay. Okay. So what are healthy food choices that we can help our children make? So, of course, vegetables. Mm -hmm. Vegetables are very key. You can do meats. I know there are a lot of vegetarian diets, vegan diets, but meat is fine as long as you're doing real grass-fed clean meats. So grass-fed organic meats are fine. You want to stay away from processed meats. So you do nitrate-free meats. So like the lunch meats aren't that's not good for us. So don't give your children sandwiches that have the processed meats on them. Yeah, okay? and, yeah. I know that there's there are actually meats now, sandwich meat now, where they'll say they take the nitrate out. Yes, they do. And I I, I bought it myself from like Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's, um, yes. I was just thinking about our that. Sprouts. Yeah. And what you will find, because what happens is those meats won't last as long. So you buy it, you have to use it in a few days, unless it's going to start to go bad. I think a lot of us take vitamins and we give our children vitamins. How does vitamin offset poor nutrition? I think that's kind of a myth. A lot of parents will give their children vitamins, especially when they're younger and they're picky eaters. They go, okay, I'm just going to give them vitamins. And then it doesn't matter if they're not eating healthy. And that's really not true because the amount of nutrients that you get from vitamins is really not that great. And especially depending on the type of vitamins that you're using, Mm -hmm. if you're not using a high quality bioavailable vitamin, it's almost like you're just giving your kids sugar pills. And I mean, some vitamins really are like sugar pills. I'm not going to call any names. Okay. (laughs) When I was in medical school, there was one that I really liked. 
and it really tasted like candy. <laughs> and it probably was candy. <laughs> it probably was because it was, yeah. you know, so yeah. you just have to be careful and you want to get your nutrition from food. There's really not a replacement for food. You can use your vitamins as a supplement. That's right. what it should be, a supplement, not instead of, okay? okay? Yeah, yeah. You can't eat junk food and take vitamins and think right. that it'll give you the right, yeah. Obviously, we're talking about good diet, good eating, and how it affects our health. So as a doctor and a pediatrician, how does diet really work on our health? Your diet, once again, we go back to the whole thing with your immune system. You are what you eat, literally. I mean, there are people who, for different chronic conditions, there are different diets out there that have actually improved people's health as well as some medications. There are certain things that you're not allowed to do. Like in the United States, doctors are not allowed to recommend anything other than surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation for cancer. But there are anti-cancer diets, so there are people who have, I won't say that people have cured their cancer with diets. I want to make sure that people aren't saying, Dr. Pam said I can cure my cancer with a diet. However, you can really help put your cancer in remission with diet. In some cases, I knew someone who had cancer and he was actually working with a practitioner to try to put himself into remission with a very strict diet and it did work. He was in remission and he decided that he didn't, he wanted to eat his old diet, what he was eating before when he was diagnosed with cancer. So he went back to his old diet and he came out of remission and probably eventually died. So this basically verifies how important eating and healthy eating is. Yes, it's very important. And obviously, like you were saying, for the kids, for the teenagers, they're very healthy. So a lot of times they can have a bad diet and it won't show up right away. Yeah, That's the part of the educating them that just because you can eat whatever you want to eat now and you're not gaining weight, appear healthy, that's not always going to be the case. So you really have to develop good eating habits, lifelong healthy eating habits. Thing is, I think teenagers don't want to listen to us anyways, especially parents when we tell them. It almost sounds like a lecture or they're just ignoring us. So I think that's also a very hard part in trying to educate them. Do you have any advice on how we can get them (laughs) to listen? Yes, it's great a lot of times to remove yourself as the parent, allow someone else who is maybe closer in age to them, but who you trust that will give them good advice. So sometimes a family member, another relative who may be, say, early 20s, late teens, who can talk to them. They will tend to listen to that person. Sometimes even if they're in peer groups, they'll have certain groups. They may be in organizations where they have a leader, like at a lot of the churches, they have the youth groups, and they will have like a youth minister who is younger. 
So that person is closer in age to, you know, to the teenagers and they tend to listen to that person. But the parents can rest assured that that person is going to be giving good advice. So that's, that's a good thing that you can do is kind of let someone else say it. It's almost like transferring that power to someone else that they will listen to. Yes, it's very similar to patients. I've told, especially when I speak to groups, grown people, I tell them, do not go to your doctor who you've had five or 10 years, who may have been telling you something for five to 10 years and say to them, well, Dr. Oz said... Yeah, <laughs> the same type thing. They will listen to Dr. Oz, yeah. but they won't listen to their own doctor who knows their specific history. That's a good and point. And so <laughs> it's kind of the same with the kids. They're not less necessarily going to listen to their parents who obviously have their best interests at heart. They will listen to other people. Yeah. So want to make sure that the other people that they're listening to are credible people who are going to tell them the right thing. That's great advice. And that's a great analogy too. I think that's one reason why Dr. Oz is so famous now because so many people do listen to him as opposed to their own doctor. Yes. (laughs) We are so busy. We try so hard to do all these things for our kids. If someone's listening today and if there's one thing that they can do that as a takeaway that they can at least change, what do you suggest is the best thing that they can do to help their kids? The best thing that they can do is actually communicate. And when I say communicate, really listen, because it's almost communication has become kind of a buzzword. Like people say, oh, communication is key. Communication is very important. It is, but we don't communicate that well. And the best way to communicate is to really listen. So sometimes your child or your children are trying to communicate with you as a parent, but you may not be really listening to what they're saying. So really try to take the time to listen to your children. Spend quality time. Like one of the things that you've probably heard this over and over again, the simple act of sitting down to the dinner table and having a conversation over at least one meal a day. So if at dinner time, you can sit down and just really talk about how was your day, what's going on with no other distractions, not sitting there with the TV on and everybody's eating and looking at TV or sitting there with cell phones and people are basically entertaining themselves with their cell phones. The dinner table should probably be a cell phone free area, even for parents. It's important because parents set the tone. If you as a parent will allow yourself to be interrupted, your child is going to do the same thing or they may even feel like they're not important. And I I have had people who have said, this is my dinner time. Don't call me between this time and this time because this is dinner time. This is our family time. So just set that time aside where you can really take time and listen to what your child is saying. And then they may actually open up to you more when they know that you're listening. I think that is so important 
because it's probably the only time that you're sitting in a round table or sitting in a circle that you can see each other in in the whole day. Yes. And people yes. at work, they have meetings for this. So this is kind of like your family meeting time. Yes. I know when I was growing up, and it's, it's very common in the Asian culture and also in the European culture, and when I go visit friends in Europe or things like that, a meal is not even about the food. It's And it takes so long because it's really about the gathering and the talking. And the food is just something that you do as a part of that. Mm -hmm. And it's the same when you go out with your friends. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, you're sitting there after the meal. Yep. The, wait, the waiter has brought the bill. And you know, if you're in a restaurant where it's getting close to closing and there's nobody waiting, you tend to just stay and yeah. talk. A lot of times, if it's earlier, you may have to leave because other people are waiting, but it's always lovely when you can just really sit and talk and it makes you realize how important that is and it really makes people feel good. Yeah. And I know one of the key things is when you do do that, you will feel more connected to your children. So if there's a subtle change, especially in the teenage year, you'll notice that change. Yes. And that's very important because a lot of times there are children who may be doing drugs. Yep. And if you never look in your child's eye, you may not realize that. But to sit across the table from them, there's a certain behavior that you're sitting there. You shouldn't be having certain behaviors while you're eating dinner. And you can easily spot that if you're taking the time to really listen and pay attention to what's going on with your child. And I know there's a lot of single parent home out there, so you can't yes. do it every night. But I right. think I heard statistic that if you just do it three times a week, and even if you have your children, that's three meals a day on a weekend. So even if it's one weekend and you have those two meals for the two Saturday and Sunday, that's four meals. That's more than even the average. Yes, whatever you can do. And one of the things that's really important that I do with my patients or when I'm talking to people, I'd say I, it's important to meet people where they are. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's how we get off track because we set expectations too high. So like you said, if you're a single, a single parent and you're maybe working more than one job, no, you're not going to necessarily be able to sit down and have a meal with your child every day. But if you do set aside some time and let them know, I would love to have dinner with you every night, but I just can't because I'm working. But it's important for me to have time with you. So I'm gonna take this day or these two days and those are gonna be our dinner days. And it's the same thing as with married couples who still yeah. do date so nights. Like, yeah. Let's take time to have a date night because if you don't schedule it in it doesn't happen because no. we're so busy I agree it's that time where we're so busy and we forget and if I don't schedule things in my calendar I won't get around to it it doesn't happen and I think even for yourself we tend to put ourselves last a lot and we really need to stop putting ourselves first I know you're in Newport Beach what kind of trainings or talks where do you go that people can learn more and hear more of what you have to say yes I do various talks around Orange County I always list all of my events on my website which is www dot my dr pam dot com m y d r 
P-A-M.com. The other thing that I do is I have a Facebook page, Dr. Pam, and I do a Wellness Wednesday every week. I do Wellness Wednesdays. And ever so often, if there's you know pertinent information, I post it on the Facebook page. So if you go on and like my page, you can also find information. I give health tips or Wellness Wednesdays whenever I think, well, Wellness Wednesdays every week. And then the health tips, other health tips come up. If something in particular happens that I think everybody should know about, I'll go on and post something. And of course, you're always available for talks if people want to have you come to the organization, yes. right? So, Definitely. Um, so Dr. Pam's website and all the information, her Facebook page is going to be in the show notes. So scroll down under her pictures, you'll see her bio and then all the information to contact Dr. Pam. But again, Dr. Pam's website is my doctor and doctor, it's abbreviated, drpam.com. And you can find her also on Facebook with that. So do you have any special gifts for the listener, maybe? Yes, I have a couple of free gifts, and people can go on to a special website and choose what they want. It, the special site is easy to remember. It's www.freegiftfromdrpam.com. So it's F-R-E-E-G-I-F-T-F-R. O-M-D-R-P-A-M.com. And that link is also in the show notes. So you can just go down to the link and you can click on it. Can you talk about the special gift at all? Yes, there are a couple of things there right now. One, I know you talked about mothers and we talked about people kind of having hectic lives and not taking time for themselves. So I feel like meditation is very important. And a lot of us are so busy that the thought of just sitting down and clearing our minds, we're like, I can't do that. My mind is racing like so much. So I find that guided imagery is easier for a lot of people. So I actually have about a 10 minute guided imagery download on that site. So you go there and you can download the guided imagery MP3. And I also have a list of unhealthy foods. So foods that you should avoid for your children. And so those are the two gifts. So you can choose one or the other or both. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Choose both. Choose both. (laughs) I hope that you as a listener got a lot of good information from Dr. Pam. If you need more information, you want more information, go to her website, my doctor, and that's dr. Pam, P-A-M dot com, and you can contact her there. Go to her Facebook page and her free gifts to even get more special gifts. And Dr. Pam, I just want to say thank you so much, and I so appreciate you taking your time out and, and giving us this gift. Oh, you're welcome. Like I said, thanks for having me. Thank you very much, listener, and we will see you soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows, which are featured on missions with an S radio.org. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured on missionsradio.org. And after listening to the show, 
Go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. And while you're at our website, sign up to receive a free gift. Until next time, have a wonderful week. Thank you.